Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Elam City Church online Sunday morning service. I will miss your amens and your hallelujahs, but you could go ahead and shout it out at home. Give your neighbors a nice surprise. So far, I'm pleased to say that there have been no cases of infection among us, and we're believing that, in fact, that will not happen. I hope that you're still all enduring this time of isolation and uh, finding some way to make it productive. Let's continue to pray for everyone's health and safety, for a quick end to this viral attack, and for wisdom and boldness for the leaders who are working for our well-being, for the medical researchers and the economists to find solutions to the threats that affect global well-being, and especially for the health and safety of those healthcare workers and frontline doctors and nurses and care workers as they help other people endure this harsh time. I want to share this message uh, to encourage you today. No one likes or hopes for a crisis. However, I do believe that every crisis is an opportunity to rise to a higher level of relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. This crisis is going to provoke a big change in the nature of our faith. Last week, Pastor Joel referred to the storm the disciples faced while Jesus was asleep in the boat. When they cried out for him to help, he woke up and rebuked the storm. They were amazed. What manner of man is this that the wind and the waves obey him? But then, surprisingly, he rebuked them for their lack of faith. Faith? Where's your faith? I can picture the confusion. What does he mean, faith? Was he saying to them, why are you fearful since I'm in the boat with you? Or did he actually expect them to have the same level of faith that he had when he stopped the storm in the way that he did? They clearly thought that the latter expectation was beyond any kind of human capability. I think actually Jesus meant both kinds of faith. Like them, we can be comforted by his promise to be with us always, especially in difficult times such as we're in now. Trusting in his care and protection is a passive form of faith. It does bring inner peace and comfort. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter for a reason, and he does bring peace to our inner storms. But when Jesus spoke, he did not attempt just to quell their inner fears. He commanded peace to the outward circumstance. That was a different quality of faith. I think of it as an authoritative faith, an active faith, as opposed to a passive faith, a faith that facilitated a God work. The event became an opportunity to show the contrast in these two qualities of faith and to raise the, their expectations and to change their view of what is possible. It is this quality of faith and relationship that qualifies us as laborers in the harvest. We need that supernatural, active faith. For this quality of faith to become operational, we must in fact have more than a revelation that it is possible, and even more than a faith expectation. We must have authorization. The laborers are sent into the field, having been commissioned by the Lord, in the same way that Elijah came from standing before the Lord of hosts. Each of us needs to come as a trusted emissary in the spirit and power of Elijah. I believe this is a time of special opportunity. But let me be clear. This is not the time to go off in blind faith and to put the Lord to the test by presumptuously acting without his authorization. We actually have a lesson in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 1, where the Israelites failed to go into the promised land because of their lack of faith, then had a second thought, second, uh, thought that they would go through 
anyway, and so the Israelite men of war decided to boldly attack, and they failed miserably, being humiliated and fatally failed. What we need to learn from this historical event is that the rule for going into the promise of God is to do what he says and only what he says. That means we need to have a closer relationship with God if we're to face the challenges of today. It means we need to have listening ears to hear and a heart to obey. The opportunity we now have is to use this event to draw nearer to God, who alone can authorize us as to when and where we should go. In reality, we are stuck in the same dismal valley as everyone else. The difference for believers is that we actually have a mountain we are invited to climb. Let's take this time to go for a hike. Let's climb the mountain of God. I had a friend in BC who asked me to go on a mountain hike. I had never been on one before, so I naively thought it would be quite a pleasant experience to see nature. What I thought was going to be a walk in the park turned out to be a steep and narrow path that led up Mount Garibaldi for nine kilometers and then nine more kilometers down. It was rated five hours each way for medium to expert hikers. I was neither medium and certainly not expert, and I had no idea that that was what the requirement was. Anyway, we arrived in the parking lot in the pouring rain. Fog hid the mountain summit, but there was no backing out now, so I just followed my friend. We walked for endless hours through the fog and rain. I was soaking wet with sore, blistering feet and hypothermia setting in. Just at that moment, a deer bolted across our path. He went straight up the mountain effortlessly. His enthusiasm only served to dampen mine. Finally, we broke through the clouds. The sun was shining, the snow was glistening, and before us was the calm crystal sea. Had I died and gone to heaven? No, it was Lake Garibaldi but still a heaven-like place on earth. The view was certainly worth the pain. So here we are in our present situation. It is like being in that parking lot in miserable weather. It's time to go up. Let me give you some encouragement from the Psalms before we start on our orienteering adventure. First, you're not alone. <clears throat> Psalm 23 says, yay, or we could probably say yay, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He is with us, and he wants to take us through the valley, not to encourage us to camp in a tearful valley of despair. Secondly, in Psalm 121, the psalmist says, Lift up your eyes to the mountains, for even if you can't see the mountain because of the weather, look for it. Lift up your eyes. Look for the way up. Here is a fact of nature. It's a good fact to know if there is a valley, there has to be a mountain. Think about that. The deeper the valley, in fact, the higher the mountain. And the climate at the top of the mountain, at summit, will be different because of the height of that mountain. The view after the breakthrough will be worth it. So we need to take courage from that psalm which says that my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. His ownership rights over the earth. He's encouraging us to take a higher place that we may have a more optimistic, a more faith perspective of the earth. Psalm 38, the psalmist says, He makes my feet like hind's feet. A hind is a deer, just like the one I saw crossing our path. And he sets me on my high places. 
What that means is that the Holy Spirit of Jesus is not only with us, but he actually transforms us and makes us able to take the faith journey. He changes the nature of our feet, if you like. He transforms the nature of our faith. We don't become sore-footed by our own human efforts, but we become sure-footed by the Holy Spirit efforts as he works through us and in us. We become adept at going into the high places of God. He makes us at home there. Our feet become beautiful on the mountains then, coming down as messengers of the gospel of peace. That's how we need to be sent, from standing before the Lord of hosts. I love that popular song, You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. Don't worry, I won't attempt to sing that, but the words are beautiful. The song is a metaphor that recognizes the uplifting power of a love that is faithful through tough times. The greatest love of all is the love of God. His love lifts us out of the valley of despair to a higher place, raises us up. Raises us up, in fact, not just to avoid getting drowned in the stormy sea, but as the lyrics of the song says, to walk on the stormy sea. That means it is a supernatural deliverance where we're actually triumphing through the storm and over the storm. So are you ready? Put on your hoodie of salvation. If you excuse my uh, translation of Ephesians 6, put on your hoodie of salvation, put on your raincoat of righteousness and your gospel of peace boots. We are getting out of this valley and attack the narrow path we're going up. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you're over us because we're under your wings. You're under us as a foundation of our lives and around us like the walls around about Jerusalem. Because our lives are hidden with you, Christ Jesus, through you, we are not helpless victims. In times of trouble, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help and mercy from our great high priest, Jesus. We have the privilege to not only come to your throne as supplicants, those seeking help, but we are invited to sit on the throne with Jesus as priests also. Help us to be faithful distributors of the help and mercy that is in your name, Jesus. We pray that through this critical time, we will find an open heaven with clear communication with you and a heart ready to obey courageously. May your church experience the transformation of faith that you have prepared for us to walk in at this time. Amen. Well, God bless you, and we hope to see you soon. Hope that this is all over. We're going to have a great celebration. God bless.